Yo. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. This is a new format. It's a new way. It's a, yeah, it's a new beginning. So welcome everybody to the first episode of the Couple School Podcast. <laughs> now that voice in the background is none other than the stunning, the lady of self-love herself, Charmaine Lawrence. How are we doing? Yes, I am. I think I've, I think I've, I think I'm prepped. I, f- I think I've done enough sort of psyching myself up for it. I think I've done enough reading of various different bits and bobs and and things and so on. Um, so yeah, I think we're here. So the first episode we we wanted to take a look at. We're looking at the we're starting with the end in mind. So we were looking at ending relationships, ending relationships and how that's done, how it could be done, how it could possibly be done, and all the bits and pieces in between. So first question we were talking about was respect through the end what does that mean to you i mean i guess for me um it's the it's the difficulty that we have sometimes with making sure that when we are when, when we break up from a relationship how we maintain that respect all the way to when we part completely mm-hmm. because there's always that that middle ground or like it's ended and it depends how you end a relationship as well yeah. Think, if you think about it, if it's like, if it's like, okay, so a mature conversation, this is just not going to work out, then you might plan out how this is going to work, especially if children are involved. Yeah. But if it's really like some big blow up argument, yeah. that is also really difficult to maintain the respect to the end. So it just depends on how the relationship ends, whether or not everybody can maintain respect to the end. I don't know. What do you think? I, I see where you're coming from, but I do... I fully, I endorse the respect to the end. And I think that um, very, very often when people assume that a relationship ends and I don't, I don't see it that way. I don't think that, and I, I don't think that once you started a relationship, it ever ends really. The rules just change. You know, you can't go back to how it was before you saw someone naked or before a first kiss or before anything. You know, when you see someone that you've been, you've had interaction with on a relationship kind of basis, you know, you still get that, irk that feeling that butterfly in, the, in your stomach when you see him walk into a room and that's also going to be guided based on how that relationship ended yeah. um but i don't think i think the key to maintaining the respect through to the end is to understand that relationships don't end they just change yeah. you know and if you look at it in that respect then the rules still apply and as, and and although those rules may be also also amended you know so when it comes to you maintaining the respect through towards the end you need to remember that the situation whatever it was that sparked the end or sparked you to say right well this this relationship's not for me that was just that situation it wasn't the whole of the relationship and it certainly isn't the relationship moving forward at some point you have to stop hating Everything here she saying. goes here she no, goes I, do. I agree with everything you're saying but i do think that from a lot of people like we're both coaches we've both coached people before yeah. and i think like sometimes there's some people that that are so they're not able to do that and i know that i'm i have i'm very aware of my emotions and i'm very emotionally intelligent so i'm very good at and i'm a planner you know that so mm-hmm. I'm like, i plan how everything's going to work out but not everybody's like that. And if someone's guided by their emotions, how do they maintain the respect to the end? How do they do that? I think you, when it comes, don't forget this relationship of two halves. So yeah. I think you can only be responsible for what you can be responsible for. And that's the first thing. That's the first thing to understand. You're not responsible for the other person. 
you know, you're responsible for how you react to the situation and what that person is presenting you with. If that person is full of hate, then you have to accept that, you know what, you're not, we're not ready to have that conversation right now. And therefore, the respect, therefore, then turns and focuses on you respecting yourself through to the end yeah. and through the end and on and then ongoing until that person is at a situation where they are ready to have that kind of that kind of communication mm-hmm. you know particularly when there are kids involved then my wish would be and I've, as i've had with people as you said with, with both coaches people i've had in front of me and we've tried to dissect this is for them to understand that the messy bit the bit that caused all of the disruption that's an adult thing it's not to do with the children and it's not to do with the relationship that's to do with the two of you yeah. and you need to try and find a way to put that to the side so you can find a way forward for the for 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 the for the kids for the kids sake yeah. you know so i think you have to focus the focus needs to be on the respect on the people that are willing to accept it at the time it's going at that at the time that you're dealing with yeah. but also to bear in mind that at some point in time the two of you are going to have to get to a point where you can sit around the table and have a discussion without throwing spaghetti at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think for me, I think in my experience and also the things that I speak to people about when it comes to respect, I think it's just about what do you want it to look like? Mm -hmm. Like what, what do you want it to look like and what do you want the end result to be? Like, and if the end result is that you just kind of want to get out and just say, okay, like this is what it is, especially if you've got kids. So if you've got children together, you kind of really have to deal with that person. Like, you have to deal with that person. So for me, it's like, what do I want that to look like? So I always feel like, and when I'm speaking to people, I'm like, well, what do you want it to look like? Not what that person's gonna do, but what do you want to do in order for it to be the way you want it to be? And it's not always gonna work out the way, because as you said, you're only in control of yourself. So you need to do what it is that you need in order to get what you want. And sometimes, you know, we're women, we can manipulate things to happen the way we want it to happen. <laughs> you know? If you ever see a smile on her face as she's saying that, yeah, 100%. You know, so it's kind of like, that's, that's kind of it for me. I, think, I don't think it's that hard to maintain respect to the end as long as you really kind of deal with your emotional trauma from whatever's happened and however yeah. it's broken down. Um, and I think, again, that's about, you know, me, self and all that. It's, it's, if you're focused on self and your self-worth, mm-hmm. then respect is going to be easy. If you allow all of those emotions to dictate how you move, then it's going to be a failure, in my opinion. No, 100%. And that's why I say the, the, the focus on, on the respect side of things needs to be directed at yourself first. Yeah. Particularly if you are at the rough end of a traumatic breakup, you know, or you've, you're the one that's had, that's had the hurt placed on them and that's why the breakup has occurred. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to make sure that you respect yourself through your dealing with the said, said situation and said individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, for lack of a better phrase, not necessarily bowing down to the other person's level, but making sure that you are maintaining your own levels independent of the other, of, of the other person and independent of the situation. As you said, taking a look at how you want it to end visualizing what you want the end product to look like after the storm the storm that you're dealing with at the moment is he cheated she cheated someone so did this so and so did that yeah okay that's the storm but at some point in time that storm will pass 
you know, and what do you want it to look like after the winds have calmed down and the lightning stopped flashing all over the place and the thunder stopped rolling? After everyone stopped shouting, what do you want that to look like? Yeah. And then accept the path on the way to that. It may be that if you're dealing with a particular volatile individual, it may be that that, that period is extended, you know, but you have to accept that because that's them. That's not something that's within your control. Yeah, agreed. You know? Yeah. So we've also, so what we've got, respect for you, and, and parent and children and co-parenting. Oh, I love this subject. Oh, the joys of co-parenting. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> we yes. We have experience, right? Oh, fantastic. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. For those of you that don't know, um, there's two children of mine that get aired very, very, very frequently, which is Matthias and Xavier. Um, but I do have another three. So I was glutton for punishment. I've got five um, of varying ages, which does mean that the conversations throughout the day are quite varied. You know, the 21, then shit, 14, then 10, then four, then seven months. Um, but equally so, obviously there are, obviously I've got Karen as my current partner, but there is also... Imani, um, Imani's mum and there's also um, uh, Kai and Zayna's mum and co-parenting on various different levels you know you've got to fight you've really got to find the respect yeah. you've really got to find the respect you've really got to pick your battles you've really got to understand who you are in, yeah. amongst that and when I say that I mean that very much in the sense of not that you're stamping on the, on the other person it's giving the other person space even if you think they're wrong. Yeah. I love that I love that you said pick your battles. Yeah. Because I think that was something someone said to me and I was like, okay, really like is it necessary for me to really go like is it necessary for me to do this? No. Is it necessary for me to have this conversation? What is the end result of this conversation? There you go. Am I gonna get what I want out of it? No. So why am I gonna have it? There you go. So I think yeah, I think the same. Um for me I have um, two girls of my ex-husband but I'm mm -hmm. also in a new relationship and so I'm like you know stepmom so yeah. blended family um, so seeing it from both parts as well so it's quite it's an interesting ride <laughs> but <laughs> the interesting ride co-parenting has co-parenting now is a breeze but in the beginning finding that dynamic yep. is was really difficult because oh. I just didn't really know what i expected i came so we had a very mature breakup it was very much like okay so this is not working okay what we're going to do we're going to separate at this time yep. we actually had a date that there was a date okay <laughs> I, I'm, I'm i'm not surprised <laughs> i'm not surprised we at all like, was there a journal there's a move there's a moving out date okay okay and then when we move out we're going to do this and this is how we're going to do it. we had a whole plan i was like if i'm not going to have a successful marriage I'm definitely going to have a successful divorce and co-parenting situation. Okay. I was very, very like clear on what that plan looked like. He wasn't so clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but he was informed. He was informed <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't so clear. Okay. Um, and so it it just was a bit of a rough ride because I was like, "But well, you're not sticking to the plan. <laughs> you need to go like this, this, and this. <laughs> like I don't understand why you're going deviating off the plan." This is your days. Like, why are you changing your days? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, and it was for me because I had a plan of how success was going to look. Yeah. And for him, he was like, "This is just not working out for me." And rather than us coming back and having a conversation and looking at how we can work for both of us, I was sticking to the plan, and he was like, I'm "Not doing that." And okay. so it was just back and forth. And then someone said, "I don't even know who it was now," but someone said. You know, you really need to just pick your battles. Like, is it that important? 
at all. It really isn't that important because I'm not actually going to get my way. So let's just pick and choose there you what go. works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Picking your battles, I think, is is the biggest piece of advice I could give to anyone that's going for a breakup, whether they're kids or not, but particularly if there are. You need to remember that whether you're the one, the person that's doing the majority of the hurt or not, there's hurt all, all around. And whether someone's actually articulating that, particularly the us as guys, like... We're not used to saying to people, this actually hurts. You know, no. We're not used to elaborating on what that hurt is, how it hurts, how it's impacted this, that, and the other, and what the ripple effect is. The only, only, the only emotion men are really used to dealing with is anger, because that's the one that we're well-versed and practiced in. So that's our default, it's our go-to. So a lot of the times when guys get angry, so to speak, it's not because they're angry. It's nine times out of ten, really, it's because they're hurt. And they don't know how to articulate that and don't know how to explore it. And so it spills out in a very messy fashion all over the, all over the place along with their male ego trying to make us still look like the man even though the plane is wildly out of control <laughs> flying down towards the nose diving towards the, the earth at a ridiculous rate and, and on fire but we're still standing strong in the middle of the at the aisle you know it's it's it's, it's, it's hard and I think that when you're talking about picking your battles the main thing for me was going okay as you said do I need to have this conversation Am I sparking this argument out of ego? You know, is what's the end result here? The end result is to have the children experience a happy life. Yeah. That's it. And if we're not doing this thing together and we're doing this thing apart, that's still the goal. Yeah. And every now and again, I had to sort of slap my face and go, that's the goal. Yeah. You know, winning the argument's not the goal. The yeah. goal is maintaining a space that the children can grow and learn and love in and know that they are loved in. You know, not to grow up in this volatile space where it's just about either mum or dad winning said argument on any given day. Yeah. Um, and that was a real thing about picking the battles for me is making sure that, you know, <laughs> not every day's a battle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not looking at it like that. Well, they can feel like that sometimes, you know. No, agreed. So what do you feel about getting over your ex and moving on? Um, dun, dun, dun. This is a masculine viewpoint on this like for me Ooh, that's an interesting one yeah but i don't think it is i think i'm just i think i'm just very emotionally intelligent like i i'm just kind of like okay this is not working yep it's going to hurt for a while and then everything will be fine <laughs> that's how my brain works i don't have this whole i, I will deal with my whirlwind i like to slot in when my whirlwind's going to happen because i've got working kids i don't have time to have Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. So you're saying, okay, so you're looking at it again. Okay, let me put this extra spreadsheet up. At six o'clock, I'm going to fall apart. And at seven o'clock, then I'm going to be I'm going to be back together because I've got to get the kids ready for school. And, what, and, and all of them, I've got 10 minutes spare at like, lunchtime, so I'm, I'm going to fall apart then as well. That's exactly, I'm not even joking. That's exactly how, <laughs> that's exactly how I would do it. Okay. I, I, I work in a school with children. So I don't have time to have emotional breakdowns because these children are having emotional breakdowns because yeah. they haven't done their own work or whatever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, it was just like, okay, I did everything I could possibly do to save my marriage, yep. in my opinion. And I was like, okay, I've done everything. There's not anything else I can do. Okay. It's not going to happen. Yep. Let's just leave it here. He agreed. And that, to me, was the end of it. It was the toughest thing 
I've, I have ever done. And my friends would be like, really? Now they say, I never even knew that you were feeling those emotions. I was like, yeah, of course, but I have things to do. I have to get up, I have to get the girls ready for school, I have to do a school run, I have to get to work. Then I get home, do the housework, put them to sleep, and I'll be like, I'll feel absolutely terrible. Then I'll be have a bit of a cry, and then like I've watched some rubbish TV show that will make me cry more. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll go to sleep, I wake up, and start the day again. But I always have in my head that eventually you're going to get past it because my thing was I started researching Google, you know, grief, yeah. like the seven stages of grief. Okay, where am I now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, okay, okay. That's how my brain works because I'm a planner and, and that's what I always do. And since I was young, I had anxiety. And so how I work with that anxiety is making sure that I have an idea of how things are going to happen. And so now every single thing, I'm just like, okay, so this has come to an end then what's next and then what's next so for me the seven stages of grief was amazing because i was like okay so i think i'm in this phase now yeah i think i'm in this phase now no i'm not i'm not over it but i'm here i'm at the depression stage now guys so just allow me to be down (laughs) (laughs) and that's kind of where i was and so that's how it worked for me but i know like for others it might not be it might not be like that i'm glad you touched on the anxiety sector um, sector section label whichever one you, you, you choose to use mm-hmm. I think different people deal with anxiety very very differently yeah. so <laughs> like you say you're a planner I am very much a systems orientated person yeah. I create systems to deal with things that I don't like I don't like the sound of smell of or what have you yeah. that operate around it and they're systems that I can do repetitively so that said situation doesn't affect me doesn't mean I've actually dealt with it it just means I've built a system around it yeah. now what I've realized in my latter years is that I was probably one of the most insecure people that anyone has ever met throughout the entirety of my life and probably up to probably into the last 10 years you know i second guessed everything i did i second guessed every decision i made i always thought i was the worst i thought people were chatting nonsense about me left right and center and in my relationships i always thought it was my fault you know even though i i I did my process was that i get very much like you're saying i get to the end of the relationship and i'm like cool okay have i done everything that i i i can possibly do in order to save it or that i'm prepared to do yes okay which parts of the relationship of mine to hold on to that are my things that i need to deal with which parts are theirs that's fine so i had a very systematic way of yeah. ending a relationship packaging it up and parking it and then moving on to the next moving on to the next one but when it comes to dealing with the actual emotion side of it that also got parked and it just started to build up and build up and build up yeah. until a point where i had to unpack it at one point and go right well <laughs> what does this ugly picture look like um and yeah. sort of rearrange things into a way in which that i could I could understand things, but my way of dealing with anxiety or things that I hate not being in control. So when I'm faced with a situation that I'm not, not in control, I seek control or I put it in there as rapidly as I can do. Mm. Very much the same way that you deal with yours. You go, right, well, okay, well, let's Google it. <laughs> put a plan in place. Yeah. Mine is okay. Let's find a system that we can use. That means this shit ain't going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. you know, and we can, and we can deal with this and then move things forward. And I think that was that, trigger trigger reaction of mine is what's enabled me to move from one relationship to the next after and different situations in life mm-hmm. and appear very much on the face of it like I'm moving effortlessly 
<laughs> despite behind the facade, this panicked kind of thing going on to try and put it all, piece it all together again. But based on the systems that I created, that I created around them. Yeah. And I think for 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 anyone that's that's listening to this, that's maybe going through going through a messy breakup or going through a hard time with a relationship you've got kids and you're wondering how the hell do I do this or you're faced with like I was speaking to someone the other day hitting 35 and the possibility of starting again first thing to take from this as Charmaine said and I saw this on, the, on, a, on an Instagram post the other day it too shall pass it's the biggest phrase ever at some point in time what you're going through is going to be your past um, and both you and anyone else that you describe it to will also look at it and go right well that was mad but you made it through yeah. so don't think that what you're going through right now is everything research it like what Charmaine did like <laughs> seven stages of grief and, and the thing is the seven stages of grief is a it's it's a parable it's it's a rule it's what everybody goes through with every form of grief that you got yeah. that some people stay in different phases of it for a longer period than others but essentially we all have to go through that those different bits in order to get to the point where you're not over it but have learned how to live with it you know so number one don't feel like you're alone number two don't feel that you're some sort of alien that you know this is happening to me and i don't know what i'm doing you know take your time to research it and take your time to process it in your own in your own yeah, way definitely you i know? think it's so important to understand that you can feel those emotions just don't sit in it forever yeah like but definitely feel the emotions and go through it because if you if you bottle it up at some point it will come out so for me like i said i sat there at like kids of it in bed okay now is a good time to just let it all out but if you don't do that and you keep holding it it will come out and it will probably come out in new relationships because when you're single you don't see you don't have anything to work against you're just single doing your own thing but then when you go into a new relationship those emotions that you've bottled up before could easily just fellas i hope you're listening because i'm gonna direct this directly at you because i know we're really really bad at this kind of stuff you know bottling stuff up isn't isn't <laughs> it's not a sign of being in control and it's certainly not a man not a, not a man them man them kind of thing um women tend to be better at this sort of exploring the hurt than what us guys guys allow ourselves to do but we still hurt yeah. you know we still hurt i mean there isn't a relationship that i've come out of that hasn't hurt severely in some respects um and i wish that i had <laughs> take the time out to deal to, to deal with it and process and feel those emotions because inevitably i ended up doing it anyway so you, you can't you can't run away from it the seven stages of grief also could be the seven stages of leaving a relationship because ironically it's the same thing it's the loss of an individual that was, was of significance to your life you know and admitting that they're they, that they were of significance is one step and, and understanding that the fact that they're not there is is another and so on and so on and so on so if you are going through a particular not, not awkward time particularly my guys that are listening take the time out to explore the heart you know it's not as it's not as um it's not as a disingenuous place as you think it is you know yeah. so learning to love yourself after the love has left i love this subject here well this is interesting because this is my thing oh yeah you know me and my self-love that's why Although i went quiet i think <coughs> I think men have a harder time of learning to love themselves. Actually, no, I, I'll take that right back. I think men love themselves in a different way than women love themselves. The process is different. Okay, I Explain. don't always feel like it's the same. So like when I speak to like, so I don't really coach men anymore, but when I have done in the past, men do something very different to women. So women go internally first, 
and mm-hmm. then they come out externally. So they will deal with the inner stuff first. Oh, yeah. Work, and then the inner work spares them to do the outer work, which is I need to look good, I need to get my money up, I need to do that. Whereas I find men do the outer work first and they leave the inner work to right at the end when they have no choice left. <laughs> then they go in to do the inner work. I don't know, what do you think? I That's what I've noticed. I think you're right to a degree. Yeah. I think that when it comes to a breakup and anything that involves emotions that might cause a tear, us guys run away. Yeah. And I think guys only deal with the inner work when the inner work has got to the point where it can't be ignored. Yeah. That's usually three, four relationships after the relationship that's actually happened. And that's why I was directing my pre- the comment on the last one of saying, fellas, this is direct- mm-hmm. directed at you to explore the heart. Like, explore explore the hurt. You know, women, you guys, you guys are better at it. Hands up, better, better at it than us when it comes to that sort of thing. Because at the end of a relationship, you do take the time to delve into the pain and go through all of that, all, all the stuff that's yeah. to do with it and investigate X, Y, and Z. Guys, we tend to try and just shrug it off and go, okay, right, on to the next one. Yeah. You know, get a fresh fade, new Everett's jacket, whatever it is it may be, um, and, then, and, then, and then off you go. Yeah. Whereas... <sighs> When a relationship, when someone of significance leaves you, the the, the steps are always the same. Yeah. They never change. You know, you have to grieve the person that was once there. You have to grieve the situation that was once there. You have to investigate your feelings around the fact that that person is now vacant and then start to piece yourself back together again before you can actually move on to the next. Yeah. And a lot of relationships, I think, fail because... Yeah, because the guy didn't take enough time to actually heal himself. What he yeah. did was he took his bruised peaches from the last shopping centre <laughs> and took them over to the next supermarket along the line and expected them to be fresh. No, they've got maggots now. They've got maggots. They've got problems. They've got problems. Yeah. yeah. I think um, when it comes to uh, self-love and looking at, you know, after the breakup and looking at yourself, I think one of the major things is basically being very self-aware on where you are, what you are, who you are, where you're going. And I think women tend to do that a lot. But we also have bigger support networks, than you, support networks than you guys. We have each other. We speak a lot about the things that we go through. I don't think, I mean, apart from the barbershop. I, I, I disagree with that. Really? Yeah, because I, I think... Guys don't really talk about it, though, do they? They don't really that, talk about yeah, the depth but, of it. But that's the problem. They don't talk about it. Like, I put... I, I, could, I if I was to put an SOS out on my phone right now and say, you know what, someone's put a, w- a brick through my window, yeah. I could have 10 very angry guys standing right outside within seconds, yeah. you know? But if I was to say, if I was, I quit, it's, it sounds even weird trying to put it that together, that if I was putting an SOS text out to my friends and going, oh my God, this woman's left me and my, my heart's broken, you ain't getting the same response. Why, because Why because Why we're, we're not, we're not taught that we can explore those emotions, you know, like crying in front of your, your male friends. That's, that's a deep thing. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, I've done what it. What should men do then? Not find your group, but find your one at least. You yeah. need to have your Cody, that, that, that guy that you can break down in front of because crying is part of life. Mm. Grief is part of life. Loss is part of life. You know, so you have to have that person that you can speak on that level and share those kind of emotions to and just break down in front of you know i think men we get caught up with you know we have to be the superman we have to be this strong guy we have to be you know we're the one we're the protectors you know tarzan beat your chest all that jazz you know and yeah you know what it's good to be that but let's not let's not (laughs) let's not forget that you know tarzan gets hurt you know, yeah. watch the movie. It happens. You know, Tarzan gets hurt. When it gets beat after every war, you've got scars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing you need to remember is the war isn't always just your fists. 
a lot of the time when we're dealing with it, the war is words. The war is emotions. The war is hurt that you're picking up from someone betraying you or mistrusting you or, you know, we have scars and you have to take time to heal. They can't be fast forwarded, yeah. you know, at all. Now, we did have inner peace and what that means to you on here. So let's touch on that briefly before we wrap up because we are clocking up some time. Are we? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> inner peace for me, I think you, you have that, when you enter the relationship, there's always that place where you have real, you feel free. For me, inner peace is that place where you feel free, you feel like you have passed all of that, the dark cloud is gone and everything is figured out. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of me, I feel like I'm at that space. I mean, I've been at that space for since lockdown. We've been good since lockdown. Okay. Lockdown was good. I'm not going to ask any, de any details. Apparently lockdown was really good. It was good for us. Like literally in terms of co-parenting and moving on. And literally we split ages ago, but in terms of real understanding of what we wanted it happened in lockdown and i don't know if that's because lots of people were passing away and it was just this madness and so his relationship with his daughters were closer they spent more time together mm -hmm. and i didn't like when i asked for things like you know can you do this can you do the school run everything was yes 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 i was like oh my god this is amazing and since then it's like that time that he's had with his daughters mm -hmm. has made me feel really comfortable, not because of the fact that he's saying yes, but because the girls are really happy. Yeah. Because they are spending such good quality time with their dad. It's not just, okay, I'm just popping over to dad's and we're just, they're spending real quality time. And I think um, for us, COVID really did that. It really allowed him to kind of see that I need to spend more quality time with my girls. And plus one of our girls is going off to uni soon as well. So I think for me, relationship, the end of the relationship was, was one thing. But real peace came when I realised that the girls were so secure with both the relationship with me and their dad. Okay. That to me just made me feel great. I think it's interesting you, you, you touched on that about made me feel and I think that's the key bit about inner peace is inner peace is personal yeah you know everyone's got their own different version of inner peace some people's inner peace will be behind the steering wheel driving recklessly fast round corners and what have you some in an airplane so high that you can't hear anything yeah. you know inner peace is it's I think for me in this inner peace represents your space yeah your space where you feel completely and utterly at ease yeah. and just touching on the covid thing um you know how many people I've spoken to that have, have COVID has been a welcome point to their relationships, whether that be the current relationships or previous ones. And they all asked why, and I said to them quite simply, the world has, since, the world, since World War II, yeah. the world has never known a uniformed pause. Yeah. Ever. We all had to simultaneously push that pause button and sit in your yard. Yeah. And, it, and yes, there were people dying, but it gave you that pause for thought. The rat race wasn't running as fast. Mm. We weren't going to work. All of our new, usual routines and subroutines that we rely on to cover up that stuff that we don't want to deal with and put that other person over there that we don't want to talk to, you had to, you had to face it. Yeah. You, know? you had to face it. You had to deal with it. And it, it created people were forced to actually mend bridges. We're forced to connect with people that they haven't spoken to in a while. We're forced to take a look at themselves in the mirror and go, actually, I don't really like that part. So, but now I've got the time to fix it because I'm, I'm yeah, going to go to work, exactly, yeah. you know? And this, this thing called um, like 
they're giving me money so I can stay uh, stay at home. So I don't have that 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 everything was forced to slow down. Yeah. You know, and I think that was I think it did the world a lot of good. Yeah. I definitely. I, did. I agree. I definitely think so. You know? Well, look, that brings us to the end of episode one. So thank you very much for listening, paying attention. I hope you're paying attention anyway. No one's sleeping back there. Um, I might be tempted to find you. I've got ways and I've got means. I've got special skills. Anyway, so that was end of the relationship. Just as a sum, as a su- sort of summary note for anyone that is actually going through the end of a relationship right about now, just remember, you're, first things first, you're not on your own. Um, there are many people out there going through it simultaneously and hell, we've all, be, all the rest of us have been through it at some point in our lives. Um, we've, we've come out of it in a messy state or come out of it in in a in a in a in a constructive state my point is we will come come about come through it and as i said earlier on it too shall pass the stage that you're in right now might be ugly it might be slightly destructive and it may be very hurtful for you to deal with but at some point in time the end of the rainbow will shine through and you will find your space where you can actually find your place again that's us out for today and this week You take care. As I always say, you stay strong, you stay focused. Peace.